0: Out of the mud, two strangers came and caught me splitting wood in the yard. And one of them put me off my aim by hailing cheerily, hit them hard. I knew pretty well why he dropped behind and let the other go on away. I knew pretty well what he had in mind. He wanted to take my job for pay. The time when I most loved my task, these two must have make me love it more. By coming with what they came to ask, you'd think I never had felt before. The weight of an ax head poised aloft, the grip on earth of outspread feet, the life of muscles rocking soft and smooth and moist in vernal heat. Right, Brennan. This is Lost in the Midlands, and today I am here with fellow entrepreneur, fellow tradesman, and home improvement specialist, my friend, Nate Watson, Watson Arbor Service. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fired up to hear about the business and everything you've got going on. That was a really cool poem that you yeah. sent me. Yeah. So um, That's one of my favorites. And you sent a really cool video, too. We'll have to drop that in the link. Yeah so yeah that it's uh the, the what what he talks about in
1: there is uh that the physical labor it's it's an act it's a physical event like like an athletic event yeah. and it's uh remind me of uh, slogging through all my years of labor <laughs> and and being proud of like man, I am getting better at something uh, and tired at the end of the day, now I can't do that so much anymore, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see how that relates to your story. So you, you've done quite a bit with your hands. And, yeah. And um, we'll, we'll jump into all that cool stuff. I am interested. Where are you from? Let's jump like right into the, the very beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Minnesota. I was born in Iowa, grew up in Minnesota, um, and uh, got to travel kind of around the country uh, yeah. for work and stuff. Um, you want me to go
0: straight into like the whole well, shebang? Let's hear what was, what was the first job you had coming out of school? High school? Yeah. Uh, oh, man.
1: Um, was it in the trades? So, you know, I started working when I was 13 uh, doing construction cleanup. Um, my friend's uncle had a had a construction company, and yeah. so he would drive us around, and we'd clean sheetrock out of all these apartment complexes that were getting built, and we'd fill up this, I remember, it was like a 1985 Chevy long bed, and you'd be amazed at how much sheetrock you can pile into that. And we did that for eight hours a day during our summer. that's when I started working, Um, you know, worked at, you know, odd jobs through high school and then went straight into college after that, thinking I was going to be a mechanical engineer, like going to GM, building cars, designing that.
0: I thought, I thought it was just that easy. Yeah, (laughs) cool. (laughs) And um, when you were, I'm just curious, when you were doing all that sheetrock cleanup, did you know, hey, look. The trades and construction. This is where I want to be. Is
1: no, man, I wanted that paycheck. <laughs> wanted the paycheck. I was okay. saving for a dirt bike. <laughs> Heard that. Yeah, so it was uh, easy labor. Not easy labor, but I could go do it, and you that know. was easy enough. Heck yeah. Okay. So you went to school for engineering. That's what I started out with. Okay. Uh, made it through the second year and started in again and just felt totally lost. Didn't know what I wanted to do with that, yeah. uh, so I chased after something I did want to do, which was street rods, like cool cars, and build that. That was when Discovery Channel was doing all their cool stuff with Jesse James. Thank Man, you. I hook, line, and sinkered right into that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I learned how to do that and yeah. um, uh, left Wyoming and went down to Colorado and got a, a job where I was moonlighting with the street rod shop until they hired me, and coolest job in the world. Got to build fun cars, did it for a year, uh, I was so broke that uh, I lived in the shop, like I slept next to the paint booth with all my stuff. The worst part was, like uh, the the bathroom shop didn't have hot water, so it was like cold bath uh, rags to get clean. Cowboy baths every <laughs> day. Cowboy <laughs> baths every day for like a year. It was uh, it was a growing time. <laughs> yeah, wow! You must have really had a passion for your job then. I you? did. It was a cool job, yeah. uh, but. You know, I couldn't I couldn't afford to eat. Uh, you know, scraping together money for gas like that's the
0: life it was is the starving artist, and uh, I started to starve too much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you started starving. Then where wh- did you find a job that was going to start paying the bills?
1: Um, my brother was uh, an engineer for a company, um, and he happened to be working on a job in Albuquerque, and I was just in Denver. And uh, our our boss at the street rod shop came in one day, and it was just having a bad day. Fired everybody in the shop, told everybody to get out. He gave me 24 hours to get out of the shop. And I found myself like just empty handed with my hat out a little bit. Didn't know what to do. Had too much pride to just go home and, uh, you know, be with my parents. Were you homeless at this point? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. uh, Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So my brother called me and said, hey, I might be able to get you a job down here. And so it was working with Chicago Bridge and Iron. And um, I had some welding skills and tested in and was able to fail a test spectacularly in welding, uh, but they liked me and so they hired me and and that's when I started a career in welding.
0: Awesome. So you didn't necessarily you know, come in there and show them great skill. You just showed them, hey, look, I'm here to be the man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was a warm body. <laughs> there's there's a lesson in that. You know, you can get a job without skill if you can just sell oh, yourself. Oh man,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, I think that's a great way to start to be honest. Yeah. Uh no skill and going in to learn, yeah. needing a paycheck helps keep that going, you know? Um it was the best paycheck that I, I'd ever had and it it kept me in there and then I got to see what uh the trades are all about. Yeah. And I was flabbergasted, you know, as the years went on. Uh, it started to really catch that people will pay you to get better at what you do. At least the good companies will. Yeah. They will pay you to get better at what you do, and you can make a career out of being really good at something. Yeah. Um, and th- that I really fell in love with trade work, kind of around yeah. th- the skill of building cars and then actually making money on top of that. <laughs> so how long did you do that? About 12 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, traveled all over the country doing it, you know, from Nevada to... Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, um, South Carolina, I mean, everywhere. Okay. So this is what brought you to South Carolina or? Yeah. VC uh, summer is why I came down. Um, after after I started into the trades and was uh, I was a, a Boilermaker, yep. that was my job title. Um, in 2009, when the economy went up, all the jobs and everything just disappeared. And I was kind of forced into a corner. I didn't have enough skill or enough time into to, to secure any jobs. Uh, so I went back to school and worked for, um, a nonprofit kind of while I was going into school, not really sure what I wanted to do. Uh, but my internship kind of taught me, which led me down to this other path of entrepreneurship is, um, you know, you can do great work and great things for a lot of people, but if you cannot get that message out in front of the right people, you got nothing. Yeah. Uh, And I really fell in love with marketing and advertising and that's what I went to school for. Um, and in 2011, uh, came down here in South Carolina in between semesters because I needed some money. Uh, so I came back to the company, uh, with uh, Chicago bridge and iron and was welding for the summer. And that's when I met my wife. And so the rest is history. Why I'm here after that. But, uh, Went back and finished school for uh, marketing and advertising, and um, I just
0: I, I really love that. It's, it's a trade into itself, just a little yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, it's a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to business, right? Like, yeah. So you, you were really forged under fire. I mean, you, you had these different experiences that kind of all kind of just led you to Watson's Arbor Service. And so at what point did you start making that? You know, at some point something happened. Yeah. nothing so far adds up to tree surface. Yeah,
1: uh, it doesn't, does it?
0: <laughs> so please, how did that come about? Um, you know, it was a slow transition,
1: then it happened real fast. Um, from the work I was doing, you know, I never made it in marketing and advertising. I, I applied for six months after I graduated, couldn't do it. And so I came back to welding and uh, finished a lot of work there of, you know, rising the ranks in my next promotion, it was just more time for more money. Yep. You know, I was already gone from the house six, seven days a week. You know, I missed pretty much the first year of my son's uh, life and got a job in town um, working in manufacturing. And I did that for about two, two, I think it was two and a half years. And I was having those late night conversations with myself of, man, you know, should I have stayed and tried to do it in marketing? You know, you get those late night thought bubbles that just oh, yeah. keep on going. And, um, I, uh, something snapped to me and said, you know, if you, if you don't try any of this and try to do it on your own, you're never going to test your, yourself. You're never going to know if your idea has actually worked or not. Yep. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, late at night talking with a guy in India to help build a logo, I spent like 250 bucks on uh you know felt sick to my stomach i thought elaine was going to kill me that i spent money on a logo for a business i don't even have like started yeah. uh but that's what it was it was uh i sunk my feet in just a little bit and then did it and that's kind of what kind of got that the whole Watson Arbor service going
0: yeah it's a stressful transition isn't it going from maybe i should do it to all right i'm going to do it and you got to put those first pieces together and you i mean you have you don't have any customers you don't know what's going to happen no
1: nothing yeah. nothing uh, I wasn't even good at what I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you had to learn. You had to
1: learn. Yeah, uh, I got into tree work because um, we had a bunch of trees at our house, and they they were they were big and um, wanted them out for you know more place for our kids to play, and uh, you know after a couple of quotes I realized how expensive it was, uh, and I thought well you know I've spent time at heights, I've done a lot of rigging, I'm not very fearful of a lot of things. I'm just gonna buy the gear. At most it'll be you know marginal increase on the cost to get rid of the trees if I just don't do it. So uh, I dropped some money and got the, the gear in. Yeah. And and climbing gear. Oh man, I remember the day it came in. I was so excited. Uh, the the boxes came in. I left work early to came home. I you know, strapped it on. I had been watching and reading videos and, and reading books about how to climb trees and, and how the whole thing works. I thought this is gonna be great. I got 10 feet up in that tree. I was so scared and <laughs> uncomfortable. I thought, what did I do? <laughs> uh, but- Wouldn't
0: expect to hear that.
1: Yeah. Fear of Heights came out as soon
0: as you got going.
1: I, absolutely. It was nothing like climbing on steel. It was a live living thing and you suddenly felt incredibly vulnerable. Um, but then you kind of developed this relationship with climbing and uh, you know, I went out and I started just climbing every day just going up and down in the same tree um, and you know, little by little, you kind of work through it and it's all a mental game. Yeah. Uh, of course you have to know all your safety things, but it's all, it's all a mental game of, of what you're comfortable with. You know, this step here is the same step as it is hundred feet up in the air and just walking your, yourself
0: through that yep. to, uh, to overcome yourself. Well, clearly you're a very resilient person. I mean, this is just one more obstacle. In the journey to you know getting to where you are today, and it wasn't an obstacle that got in the way. I mean, so that, that's awesome. And eventually, you know, you started at ten. Where are you now? You're climbing up a hundred feet. Yeah, ten <laughs> <laughs> so, X right there. Yeah, yeah, right there. <laughs> that is beautiful. Let's talk a little bit about your operations. Which yeah, going. You mentioned your family business. You're doing a lot of. What is your role right now?
1: Um, you know, we're growing and transitioning. Um, right now, my role is. Pretty much just sales and marketing at the moment. Um, and my right-hand man, so we are a family business. It's my, uh, my wife's brother, uh, Clay, and he's the operations manager. Yeah. Um, so he kind of takes care of a lot of the daily, getting crews lined out and kind of help organizing the logistics behind all of it. Uh, and I'm working on the sales and marketing side. So I go out and meet with all the clients, do a lot of the quoting, yeah. um, and handle a lot of the handshake stuff. Um, Elaine does a lot of our B&I work um, and does a lot of relationship management Uh, if there's someone we need to know or uh, a service we need that we don't have you know that's who we call that's who I call uh, to say I need help (laughs) 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 that's uh, and then we have uh, some great crew members uh, and and good really good crew leaders too
0: yeah yeah you guys have a fantastic team is you got to have what two crews going I mean
1: yeah, we have two full-time crews of 3 people uh and Clay makes the seventh uh and then we have some really great relationships that we pull in here and there for if we have a lot of emergency work popping up yeah. or you know depending on
0: whatever the need is. Okay. And so just to look at like what services are being offered. I know y'all do um stump grinding. Yes. And in, in your recent BNI presentation, you were speaking a little bit about kind of the differences between tree management versus just cutting and sawing and stuff. Speak yeah. a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So Watson Arbor Service, the, the goal since day one has been a full service tree company. Uh, we really do love trees. We like to be in trees. We like to keep trees around and healthy. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than, uh, you know, pruning a really nice tree and keeping it preserved, you know, good structure and nice and healthy. And so we aren't just a bunch of guys with chainsaws and loud trucks that go like to that like to go out and make a bunch of noise. Uh, we which lo- y'all do have chainsaws. Which we do, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Some of them are pretty loud. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but we like the healthcare side of it too, and that's right. where we're starting to build into the full side of what it means to be an arbor service company. Of the the health of your tree starts way before a chainsaw ever touches it. You know, your your soil health. And management makes a big difference. Um, you know, you have compacted soils around where a lot of these houses around Lake Murray are getting built. Um, and trucks running back and forth, tree root systems. And um, there's a lot of trees that could be helped before, you know, a chainsaw ever touches them. So understanding how trees work and grow and what they need to be healthy is uh, one thing that, that, that's a huge part
0: of the arbor service companies. Which can and I learned this during the presentation, save people a lot of money. It they, can. If they, get the, if they do the right preparation and, and maintenance.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there are things that are 100% preventable. You know? um, for instance, uh, there's a lot of diseases, fungal yep. things that you can help uh, um, prevent um, if there are things in the area that are coming through or you, know, you have some um, root issues. A lot of that stuff can help the life of a tree stay around for a lot longer. Yeah, awesome. Or, or even just mineral deficiencies, um, you know, chlorosis. You know, you find a chlorotic tree that's pretty easy to treat um, and can prevent the tree from dying and keep your favorite
0: things around. Yeah, I love hearing y'all's presentation because I learned so much about trees. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known before. And I think that's a big difference in y'all's operations than other companies. So it, it makes you guys truly unique. And your service area all around the Midlands, Blythewood, Lexington? Yeah. We serve
1: Blythewood to Hopkins, Camden to Chapin, and kind of everywhere in between. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And how can people find you?
1: Um, You can find us online, uh, watsonarborservice.com. A lot of our handles uh, on social media, our Instagram, we post a lot of content there. Everything translates over to Facebook. um, And we do have a couple videos on YouTube, but uh, nothing really yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's getting going. It's getting going, yeah. Very cool. Well, it's been awesome networking with you guys. Um, you know, it, it really is a great thing. Roofing, tree service, it kind of goes hand in hand. So yeah. I'm fired up that we're able to collaborate on some stuff. Absolutely. And, and thanks for coming in and telling us about your business. Yeah, thanks for having me.